Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is with the running backs coach at Vanderbilt, Tim Horton. When we first recorded this podcast, he was at Auburn, and he coached a host of future NFL players there, including Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, and Niall Davis. He gave us the inside scoop on what he focuses on when he's teaching his running backs and why so many talented running backs are deficient in pass protection, as well as how you can take your evaluation of players to the next level. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Show. Our guest today is Auburn running backs coach Tim Horton. Tim Horton enters his fourth season as Auburn's running backs coach. He tutors the kickoff and punt returners and has an added duty of recruiting coordinator. During his career, Horton has coached seven all-SEC running backs, seven different 1,000-yard rushers, and two of the SEC's all-time single-season rushing leaders in Trey Mason and Darren McFadden. We're excited to have Coach here today to hear more about what he does coaching the Auburn Tigers. Coach Horton, welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Hey, thank you, Keith. It's an honor to be a part of your program and looking forward to the day. Coach, let's let's get right into it here and talk about why did you become a football coach? Well, I, I grew up in a, in a coaching family. My father was a longtime assistant coach at the University of Arkansas, so I grew up in that environment. Uh, when he was when I was in high school, he became the head coach at the University of Central Arkansas in Conway, Arkansas, and so I had been around, you know college football my entire life. Uh, I played football at the University of Arkansas, and uh, after my junior season, a gentleman by the name of Jerry Moore became the head coach at Appalachian State, and after my senior football season, uh, Coach Moore asked me to come to Boone, North Carolina, and be a part of his staff. And so, Keith, I had never been to North Carolina. I'd certainly never been to Boone, and but I I went out there with Coach Moore and was there for nine years, and and um, it was a fabulous experience, and it just got me hooked. And so I've been I've been coaching ball ever since. Coach, what did you learn in those early years that became um, key points in your development as a coach? Well, I I, I really think Keith, everywhere you go, you're going to learn, and so I, I think you learn not just from the person or the head coach that you work for, but you learn from the assistant coaches. You learn 
learn from the players. You learn from the high school coaches whose schools you go into and recruit. And so uh, everywhere I've been, I, I've really tried to, to learn as much as I could from just the environment and, and where I was. And, and sometimes learning isn't just learning the right way to do it or the best way to do it. I think you can learn, hey, I, I know if this happens again, what not to do. But but Jerry Moore was a tremendous coach, an even better person. He won three national championships at Appalachian. He's the winningest coach in the history of the Southern Conference. So I, I think probably the biggest thing that I learned from Coach Moore in those early years was just how to treat people and 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 the relationships that you had with your players, coaches, and and uh, and and that's something that I still try to to you know have today. Is it's all about the relationship part. It's definitely about the relationships, Coach. What are some key things that you do to build those relationships with your players? Obviously, for you, it starts in recruiting, but then the process continues on as they grow through your program. Uh, what are some of the things you do? Well, Keith, I, I think first and foremost, your players, they need to know that you care and you really care and you've got their backs. I mean, that was one of the things. My, my second job uh, after Appalachian State was at the Air Force Academy and worked for another Hall of Fame coach named Fisher DeBerry. And one of the things that I always observed with, with Coach DeBerry at the Air Force Academy is if you had a kid that maybe got in some type of trouble at the academy, maybe he didn't salute the right person or he was chewing gum in class or something that you know we might not think of as that big and and they got in some type of of trouble Fisher DeBerry was going to go to bat for that kid he was going to go fight for his kids and and I think that's very important is your kids need to know that hey you've got their back you're out for their best interest Uh, you're going to care about them whether they're the first team quarterback or the fifth team center it doesn't really matter and so that was a great lesson that I learned from Coach DeBerry that even that I try to apply every day is the relationship part, making sure they know that you care. Then the other component, I think, is just spending time with your players. I mean, it's just like, you know, your relationship with your wife or your children. You know, you're not going to have a great relationship with people unless you spend time with them. And so whether it's having players over to your house or going, you know, playing cornhole or shooting baskets or hanging out in the office, watching film together, you know, just trying to spend time with your football players and and uh, and, and them making sure that, that they know you care about Coach, you've had a a history of successful running backs, seven, who have gone over the 1,000-yard mark. And obviously those relationships and what you've built has translated to, you know, allowing you to coach them on the field. What are some of the keys to coaching the running back position that you focus on that have made your guys successful? Well, I think first and foremost, you get what you demand out of your players. And, you know, you're right. I've been blessed to coach a lot of really good players, Darren McFadden to Felix Jones to Peyton Hillis to Nile Davis to Trey Mason to Cameron Artis Payne to Corey Grant to Peyton Barber to Cameron Petway. I mean, guys that have, you know, had great college careers and many of them moved on to the pros. And and the one quality that or the the few qualities that each one of those kids had was number one, they they were workers and they would they would work. And two, they wanted to be coached. And to be honest, I didn't want to let them down, you know, because I've always felt like coaching, you're in a partnership with whatever player you're coaching. And whatever players 
talent level that is, it's your job as a coach to just take it higher and higher. And so obviously you recruit good players, but at the same time, can you help get that player that's a seven or a seven and a half up to an eight, eight and a half or a nine? And and, and I think it starts with making sure that you, you've got a kid that's got some character, that's got some work ethic, that's got great attitude, that wants to get coached. And then as far as the coaching aspect of it, I really believe in the little things. I mean, it's whether it's your stance, your first step, uh, how you take care of the ball assignment-wise, all those little things that compose being sound fundamentally, those are just the things that I believe in. And, and I'm convinced that those are the things that can help a player be the best that they can possibly be. Coach, take us through the coaching of those fundamentals. What's a typical individual period uh, or individual practice look like for your running backs? Well, the first thing I, I, I look at is how much time do I have? And really, when I think about running back play, I think of four components or four things that running backs do uh, during the course of a, a play or a game. There's only four. They run with the ball. They catch the ball. They protect in terms of pass protection, and they fake. And really, those are the only four things that a player does. And so those are the four big pillars or categories that we're going to practice. So, for example, if we get 15 minutes of individual time during the course of a day, I'll spend five minutes working on some type of running skill, improving as a, as a runner. That may be, and probably my favorite running skill drill is, is the blaster, you know, the piece of equipment that they'll run through where, hey, they've got to make sure that their pad level is down, that they're taking care of the football. It, it develops a toughness. Once they get out of their blast, that blaster, I like to make them make some kind of move on the coach or another player or something like that. So if I get 15 minutes, five minutes will be devoted to improving as a runner. Uh, then typically five minutes will be uh, devoted to improving as a pass catcher. Now, one of the things that we're going to do daily is pre-practice before practice ever starts we're going to go through a series of ball drills just like a wide receiver would and so you know we may take six to eight minutes in pre-practice and do old school ball drills where we're you know making them catch a low ball making them catch a ball that's thrown behind them making them catch a, a ball where they've got a twist or turn or whatever it might be and so five minutes each day is is spent on route running and catching with the quarterbacks and then the last component would be blocking now some places that I've coached I've coached the fullback as well as the tailback here at Auburn I just coached the tailbacks and our tight end coach coaches the fullback so for the tailbacks at Auburn most of our time is spent in pass protection and to be real honest my favorite drill in pass protection is just old school one-on-one versus the linebackers where we're going to work on protecting and the different techniques and fundamentals that it involves in protecting uh, the quarterback when a, when you've got an outside pass rusher like a defense at the end, you've got to block them, or even a, a, a linebacker that's coming through the middle of the field through the A-gaps, and, and you've got to protect. And so I really like to do our pass protection live against you know our our other teammates and so if i get 15 minutes five minutes is going to be pass protection five minutes is going to be routes with the quarterbacks and five minutes will be on you know just developing uh myself as a runner and so uh, the great thing about spring practice is that's something that typically we're able to do every day 
Coach, the pass protection obviously is key for a lot of, of coaches and, and uh, their running backs. What are some of the things you're you're able to do to teach your guys to win those blocks? Because a lot of times, physically, they're giving up some size, maybe even strength, uh, to those guys that they have to block. What is, what's the uh, you know coaching points for winning that block? Well, the, the first thing is, and I coached with a, a gentleman at the Air Force Academy that was named Dick Inga, and Coach Inga was actually on the national championship at Minnesota back in the other uh, early 50s. And Coach Inga used to always have a saying, he used to say, you know, you got to have the want to theory. And so I think that's where it starts in pass protection is, is, is the want to theory. But the thing we like to talk about in pass protection, and really the, the simplest way to put it, is we want to try to always keep our butt to the quarterback. So we need to know where the launch point is for the quarterback and whatever you know pass play that you've called, where that quarterback is going to throw the ball from. And then kind of in, in an old in a sense, you want to keep your body between the quarterback and the guy that's rushing the passer. And so we talk a lot about, hey, just make sure you keep your butt looking at the quarterback because you know where he's supposed to be and always do that. You know, we uh, we talk about our, our hands and our eyes. We talk about not lunging. We talk about really the same kind of fundamentals almost that you might teach an offensive lineman in pass protection. And so uh, it's something that we work on every day because uh, I, I think it's probably the skill for a running back that they come to you least equipped to, to do in college because most of these kids that we recruit, they're great runners. They've got great make them miss ability. They can break a tackle. They've got great acceleration, but a lot of them have never had to pass protect. And so that's the thing that, that is new for them. We watch every rep that they do in the different drills so we can talk technique and teach them, you know, the different fundamentals that we want to get accomplished. Coach, a lot of uh, our time that we spend with our players, too, is also in the classroom. And uh, we probably get, uh, you know, a pretty good portion of our 20 hours at the college level is spent watching film or teaching them in the classroom. What's your approach with your running backs in the classroom setting? Well, that, you're exactly right, Keith. And, and to be honest, that's probably the part of the job that I enjoy more than any. And the way that I've always taught is you're not a lecture teacher. I'm not going to stand in front of them and lecture them about, hey, here's how we're going to run this play. Here's how it's going to be blocked. Here's how you're going to do it. I love, love to have interaction with everyone in the room. So if you've got a room of 10 running backs, all 10 of those running backs are going to be engaged in the conversation. And again, I'm, I'm a little bit old school. We're going to have that grease board and, and we're going to, you know, draw the play and then I'm going to make them get up and draw the play and then I'm going to make them teach me the play and then we're going to watch it and when we watch it we're going to talk about what's good what's not good how could we do better what did you see here and so I really believe in involving everyone in the room and and active teaching so it's interaction for 45 minutes or an hour or however long we're in there and and again like i said keith that's probably one of the highlights of my day is getting in that meeting room with the players and 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 talking ball with them coach obviously the game becomes a grind and you know when you think about the the length of the season now it just seems to be getting longer and longer every year with you know especially at the college level where you have championship games and bowl games and all those things how do you make that grind fun for your players 
Well, I, I think one of the things that's important is is trying to keep balance in your life. You know, don't try to make, you know, hey, this game's life or death or something like that because it's still ultimately a game. And I think it's important that, you know, you keep your priorities what your priorities really should be. And for me, it's my faith, it's my family, it's the relationships with our players, it's it's making sure they get that degree and, and the importance of academics. And so I, I think the first thing is just making sure that, that you've got uh, that you've got it as a coach, but that you can convey it to your players too to keep you know, to keep a balance. And then I think I think it's important on those days because they are required to have one day off. Hey, get away from it. I think I think uh, we had a, a Navy SEAL come and talk to our team a couple of years ago and that's one of the things he really emphasizes is to, to rest and to and to and to be as refreshed as you possibly can. And so hey on the day we get off guys as a player, you get off, get away from it. Because uh, when you're here, I want you here. But once you leave that building, hey, I want I want you to, to go be a student. I want you to enjoy the college experience. I want you to, you know, uh, go on a date. I want you to have, you know, go to the movie. I want you to have a, a life outside of football. And, and I think that all boils back to having balance. Coach, your guys obviously are very good at running the football. You guys are always up uh, near the top in the nation uh, in terms of rushing yards per game. What's your favorite run play in your offense? Uh, really, there's that's a that's a good question. Uh, I, I, there's there's probably more than just one. I'm, I'm kind of an old school power encounter guy, you know the 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 north south, and that's one of the things that in the league that we're in, it's hard to go side sideways. In high school, you get players that can just outrun people and 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 run on the perimeter and and just make big plays, but. At this level, it's a one-cut north and south league, and so I, I'm a power encounter guy. Uh, at the same time, when we do have a little bit more mobile running quarterback like Auburn's had, you know, with Nick Marshall or Cam Newton, people like that, just the different variations of the inside zone and the different options that we can run off the inside zone. So it tends to vary from year to year, but if you had to really pin me down, I'd say the power play. Coach, let's talk about that power play, maybe get into the details a little bit, because I see guys draw that play up all the time and go through the coaching points for the line, and the running backs sometimes don't get on, you don't hear all the coaching points and what they need to know. So what are you teaching your running backs on the power play? Well, I think the first thing you need, and, and this is the way we teach our players, you know, hey, why are you running a particular play? I mean, why, why do you run the power? Why do you run the counter? Why do you run the inside zone? Why do you run the buck sweep? Why do you run the outside zone? What, you know, what's the reason or philosophy behind running the play? And really for us, when you run the power play, the first thing is we want to try to run the power play into a six-man box if we can. Uh, we will still run it into a seven-man box, but we would like to run it into a six-man box. We want to run the play because we've got a contained defensive end that's got his outside arm free and he's he's going to try to do everything he can to contain everything inside of him so uh, you've got an outside arm free defensive end and and really uh, for us the power play is a play where our, our weak side guard is going to pull and, and we call that technique a skippy pull he's going to skip pull and he's going to pull around and be responsible for the play side linebacker. Our fullback's going to kick out the defensive end. Our right tackle and right guard are going to get 
vertical push on the down lineman and get back to the second linebacker in the box. Our center's going to block back on the, the nose guard of the one technique weak side. And then we tell our running back to slide and dive. And he's responsible for, for hitting the A-gap. And if there is uh, a clean shot in the A-gap, he's going to hit it 100 miles an hour. Most of the time, it's a little bit dirty. You'll see opposite color jersey in the A-gap. So at that point in time, we tell him to get into the puller's hip pocket. And hopefully, if we're calling it against the right defense, our defensive end is going to get kicked out by our fullback. Our tailback will now get into the hip pocket of our pulling guard and we'll you know, run the ball for four, five, six, seven yards, whatever it may be. Now there's a lot of variations to what can actually happen. You could get a wrong shoulder defensive end, and now your your fullback's going to have to log block that defensive end. Or now our guard's going to have to go around it, but we still tell the tailback the same thing. He just needs to stay in that guard's hip pocket. Then at the second level, that guard could get a tight scraping linebacker or a wide scraping linebacker. And so there's just a lot of variations. There are a lot of fine coaching points that I think you need to make to your players and they need to understand it. And so, uh, and that's really one of our philosophies as well, Keith. We don't, we don't run 17 different running plays. We've only got about really five different runs, but we want our players, you know, to be experts and how they're blocked uh, and, and what to do off the different variations that the defense can give you. Thanks for sharing that with us, Coach. Uh, there's another area where you're kind of an expert in, and I think it goes back to your playing days. You were fifth, still are fifth, in, in uh, Arkansas football history in, in punt returns. And uh, obviously, I think that's a position that sometimes that gets taken for granted, too, that you take your guy who can catch the ball and maybe do some things out there. But uh, coach our listeners through some of the main points of what you want your returners to do on the punt. Well, Keith, you're exactly right. And it's really interesting because this spring, we've taken a look at a couple of really good athletes that we've got and tried to get them to catch punts for us. And it's, it's not real natural for, you know, for some of those guys and, and they've struggled with it a little bit. And so I've always felt like usually the best punt catchers that you've got are guys that were maybe baseball players, you know, maybe in high school or junior high that played baseball because, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, the most important thing is to catch the ball. I mean, one of the, we call it the five don'ts of the kicking game is don't let the ball hit the ground and roll. And so, you know, I've had probably more success coaching kids that at one time played baseball and in particular in the outfield. But, uh, you know, we talk about trying to catch punts moving forward. Uh, We use the analogy of, hey, you're a center fielder and you're trying to throw somebody out at home plate. And so let's catch that ball on the move. We like to catch that ball high in our shoulder pads with our elbows in. We always talk about taking our chin to our chest when we make that catch and uh, and, and then trying to, to catch it moving forward. And to be honest, Keith, we every single day we're catching punts. So there's not a day that goes by that we go on the practice field that we're not catching punts because, uh, again, I think it's one of those those – parts of the game that can be a, a great advantage for you or one that can, uh, you know, really hurt you in your chances to win. And so it's something we spend a great deal of time on and something we've been real good at here at Auburn and hopefully we can continue to be.
Coach, another one of the hats you wear is that of recruiting coordinator. And obviously the SEC is uh, very competitive in terms of how hard you guys got to work in that phase of the game to win the recruiting game. What is it, you know, that you're looking for? Obviously, everybody's looking for the best athlete. But when, you know, you get outside of the film, what are some of the main things you look for in those prospective student athletes? Well, I think Keith, the first thing, and and um, you're you're exactly right. I mean, it, it starts with a certain talent level. I mean, you can't. We've said it before. You've heard it said before. You can't win the Kentucky Derby on a mule. It's just not going to happen. And that's the same way coaching football in this league. I mean, you, you've got to have a certain talent level. You've got to have a certain speed. You got to have a certain size that's conducive to. To be honest, when we talk about it, we're the closest league that there is. And really in the SEC West, you're you're the closest that there is to the NFL before you're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so you better have players that are NFL type players. And so, but, but the thing that I think uh, that you've got to have is you better recruit some character as well. And that's something that I think we've done a really nice job of at Auburn. Now, we don't have perfect kids at Auburn, just like your own children. We don't have perfect kids, but we've got good kids. And I think when you recruit kids of character, those are the kids that, that understand attitude, that understand work ethic and bringing you know uh, the hard hat mentality every day you got to have kids that are, are serious about getting a degree and aren't just trying to use Auburn to get to the next level and and that's something that we've been really really good at you know with graduation rates and I think when you get to those intangibles yeah you better get a talented player but you better get a talented player with those intangibles and if you do I think those are the kids that improve. I think those are the kids that buy into the team first mentality. And hey, those are the kids that, you know, are going to give you a chance to win a championship. Coach, I had an interesting story shared by one of your colleagues, Coach Hand, about a mistake he made as a young coach where he, he put all the uh, the new jerseys in the dryer and, and forgot to take them out, and they ended up in a ball. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you don't have a mistake like that, but what's a mistake you made as a young coach, and what did you learn from it? I think one of the one of the things, and it just doesn't happen with with young coaches, but one of the things that that happened to me, and and it's happened to me even as a middle aged or now old coach, is I think sometimes you you form opinions too quickly. You know, hey, you're going to decide three days into a kid's career if he can play or not. And and that's not what you need to do, particularly at some positions, particularly maybe your lineman positions that need a little bit more time to develop and a little bit more time in the crock pot, so to speak. And so I think probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made as I look back is, you know, trying to pass judgment too quickly on a player. And, you know, hey, I, I thought this kid would never play. And the next thing you know, he's an all SEC player. Or I thought this kid was going to be a great player and he's really not he's really not that good. And so I think one of the things that I think, you know, coaches in general, but one of the mistakes I've made is just trying to trying to pass judgment too quickly on a kid. What's the best coaching advice you've received in your career? Ah, uh, good question. I think it's just be yourself. You know, hey, don't try to go be Vince Lombardi. Don't go try to be Woody Hayes. Just go be who you are, and uh, and that's going to be plenty good enough. And and again, and I've already shared this before in this interview, but hey, those kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so you better care about your kids and be genuine because they can see it and feel it when you're not that way. But uh, those would be probably the two biggest points of advice I'd give.
What's a book you would recommend to our listeners? I'll tell you a book I'd recommend. Uh, I just finished a book called The Complete Running Back, and I did it with human kinetics. <laughs> and uh, if there's any listener out there that, that would like a good football book, I think The Complete Running Back is really good, and you can get it through human kinetics or get it on Amazon. But other than that, Keith, I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a leadership training reader, and, and my guy is a guy by the name of John Maxwell. John Maxwell's a guy that's uh, very Christian-based leadership principles, and I think there's probably a lot of different coaches throughout the country that, that read his stuff and some of it's applicable to, to athletics but there's a lot that's probably not it's just com, you know uh, compatible to character development and things of that nature what's your favorite one of his books oh man i i uh i like them all to be honest i uh, let me see here i've got there's just one of them i like uh Good leaders ask great questions. I think that's one that I've recently read. I think thinking for a change is one that's good. I like intentional living is a fairly new one that that he's written fairly soon. The 21 most powerful minutes in a leader's day, uh, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, uh, developing the leaders around you. I mean, there's there's a bunch of John Maxwell books that I like, and probably hard to say, you know, which one do I like the best. I have one of them sitting on my shelf. I have the 21 uh, irrefutable laws of leadership, so I'm um, familiar with that stuff. one. Absolutely. A lot of good stuff there. You're reading the right things, Keith. Coach, what's a scheme that you're you're really excited about right now or maybe something that, you know, you're looking at in this next in this next uh well, I guess we're in the spring already, into into the spring now. Well, I, I tell you what we we're doing a little bit more of, Keith, that we haven't at Auburn lately is we're we're doing some RPOs in the passing game. And uh we have a new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsay. He came to us from Arizona State. Prior to that he was at Southern Miss and uh and so it's something to be honest that is a little bit new for me and some things that I really haven't done a whole lot of in terms of, of the RPOs with the run slash pass game. And so it's something uh, we're five days into spring practice and, and uh, there's some new things there that we're doing that I'm anxious to see how it kind of evolves and, and how it grows into our offense and how we'll utilize it in the fall. Coach, uh, technology really seems to be taking over the game. There's all these new gadgets and and uh, technology, uh, software programs, et cetera, popping up. What's what's your favorite piece of technology right now that you use in coaching? Well, I tell you what, I think this, Keith, and <laughs> to me as a coach that's now in his 28th year of coaching Division One college football, there's really two inventions that have dramatically helped me as a coach. Uh, the first is on the recruiting trail, and that's something that is just – so simple and that's a navigation system i mean you used to go recruiting and you had all these maps and you you had to stop and look at the map and you'd go i mean it just took forever to get from one school to the next and so for me the, the navigation system uh is maybe the greatest invention ever because that has saved a significant amount of time on the road and then the other i think it's it's amazing what huddle has done you know now in recruiting and i mean you can you can get on that computer and within seven seconds, you can get to any recruit in the world or any uh, game that you want to watch in the world. And so uh, that technology has been a tremendous, uh, li uh, you know, a tremendous time saver for coaches. And so 
that that would be the two inventions over the last you know five or ten years that have really uh, helped college coaches more than anything is is the invention of huddle and how you can utilize it both in the college game but particularly when recruiting in high school and then obviously the navigation systems once you're out on that road recruiting yeah no more stacks of vhs or or dvds (laughs) i'm telling you and i tell you what the high school coaches think huddle is like that's number one for the high school coach for sure because they're not having to stay up there until all nights creating highlight tapes. <laughs> exactly. I remember doing that, having to put those together <laughs> on VHS, yeah. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Coach, what what major concerns do you have for the future of the game? And what ideas well, maybe do you have that uh, address those? You know, I, I think there's always got to be the player safety, uh, you know, and 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 it's obviously uh, a physical a physically demanding sport but the player safety element is something that I think you've always got to keep at the forefront and and then the equipment and the technologies that uh, enhance player player safety and 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 then along with that it's just the adjustments maybe that you've had to make as a coach to, to keep player safety uh, in mind. I mean, I can remember when I was playing and, and first started coaching. I mean, you would have 20 days of spring practice and you would beat the heck out of each other for 20 days. And every day was full speed and tackle. And, you know, you had train rack after train wreck with defensive ends and defensive backs and receivers and running backs and quarterbacks. And, and that's obviously changed and been scaled back. You know, now we're to 15 days and you you can only scrimmage like three of those 15 days and 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 I think those are some steps in the right direction and so I think just always being aware and put, putting player safety at the forefront is is very very important coach what advice would you give that young guy looking to make it in this profession long term as you're talking about as a coach yeah as a coach the coach Fisher DeBerry may have said it best you know make the big time where you are it doesn't matter if you're coaching in the SEC you're coaching in the NFL or you're coaching at the local junior high wherever you are just be the best you can there and if you do a good job hey good things are going to happen whether that's that success at the junior high or whether that's getting the opportunity to move up to the next level and so uh, I would just say what coach DeBerry said hey make make it the big time wherever you are and uh, do the best you can just enjoy making a difference in kids lives because I would like to think that that you know when my career is over I hope my players will look back at me and say boy you know oh coach Horton he made a difference in my life and I look back to my high school coaches and my junior high coaches and my college coaches and that's what I can say about those guys and so uh, you know just the power of influence that a coach has don't take that for granted because you've got so much influence over those students in your school and uh, those student athletes in your school and and just don't take that for granted coach i always like to finish up here with a a quick two-minute drill just some fun questions quick answers so here's the first one schematically what in your opinion what is the toughest defense to face odd front multiple blitzes it's your favorite goal line play isolation smash mouth let's (laughs) let's run them over turf or grass grass 
What's your favorite backfield set? I'm still old school, eye formation. <laughs> Day game or night game? Day game. You can get on that couch and watch other games at night, particularly after a win. Have some time to enjoy it as well, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you had to run your offense from one formation, what would it be? I like what we do at Auburn. I would say a spread offense. That's with two backs in the backfield, three receivers, of which one of those receivers can be a flex tight end. What's your favorite quote? I'd say Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's a controversial one. Should the kickoff be eliminated? I don't think so because I don't know that research dictates that. I think if research did dictate that there were a lot more injuries because of the kickoff, then yes, possibly. But I don't think the numbers or the research dictates that, so I'll say no. If you could pick uh, one football coach from the past to learn from, who would it be? Vince Lombardi. Good job on the, the two-minute drill there, Coach. Here's the final question I have for you. And obviously, uh, you've been at some great places and have, have had a lot of success. So I'm sure our coaches are interested in this. What's the one thing you would point to that gives your team, uh, your players, the winning edge? Hmm, great question. I think the character does count. Everybody's got talent. The players have it. The coaches have it. All those intangibles matter other than talent. You know, your football intelligence, your uh, your drive, your determination, your coachability, your toughness, your competitiveness. But I think all those intangibles is what makes you uh, a championship coach and a championship team and a championship player. And so uh, uh, I, I think that starts with, with your character. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time with us. How can our listeners connect with you? I, I am on Twitter, Coach Tim Horton, and uh, you're always welcome to contact me through email at CoachTimHorton at Auburn.edu. And Keith, I just really appreciate the opportunity to share with y'all today. And hey, you're always welcome on the planes. Come see us. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you, Keith. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.